Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to round seven of the SC Report. It's JT here on his own today. I've thrown the net out and gotten zero bites. Our usual suspects, Lakey, Alex, uh, Anton, Benny G, Stylesy, Wenin. I even asked at work today. Wasn't having a bar of it. Dini, Matty West from last year. None of them are available, so it's just me on my own. It's the Sunday wrap on Tuesday tonight. It's going to go, well, it's a pretty hairy old round. A lot of uh, trade-in targets, not a lot of... (laughs) Well, not a lot of uh, reasonable options. We'll get into those at the back end, but a really tough week for trades. If you like me and you've got to put a lot of fires out, might be some duds you're bringing into the side. We're going to talk about some of the traps, some of the better knots. And, geez, if you've got the luxury of holding trades, I reckon it's a good week to do it. If you've got the likes of Hines, Haas, Munster, Top of the Props, uh, all of those sort of guys, you can rest easy, I think, and maybe just hold fire because there are not a lot of genuine plays Get into them at the back end, uh, team list analysis as always, and then some captain's vices from me at the back end. Uh, last week didn't go quite to plan. It had a bit of a tough one. A lot of people did, I think. Very, very flat with some of those center wings. Warbrick and Khan Pereiras combined for 32.16 apiece was not ideal. You got Alamotti, didn't play him, but he got, what, 12 points? A lot of guys just not kicking on. It was a tough old week. And some trade-out targets. Nathan Cleary going ballistic. You got Hamizo, the big hammer gone ballistic against my boys, the cows. That was a tough, tough watch. But if for Supercoach, at least I had him in the side. But a lot of guys that people turfed and have all of a sudden gone tremendously. I think about my own side, Benny Hunt. Traded him out, you might remember. Moved him on urgently for Fogarty when he was ruled out on game day. Brought him in for a 60 compared to Nico Hines' 180. Thought, can't be having that. Traded out, bunt last week for Hines. Outscored him by one, and then last week tailed up the uh, the Titans as well. Poor old Penny Hunt dropping that ball at the back end. Didn't matter for Supercoach, though, but he uh, cost me. Brian Toto last week moved him on, and y- y- you see what happens. It's just uh, the rule of Supercoach. If you trade out a gun, they'll go ballistic the next week. Back anytime try scorers. That's what we always say. All right, let's get into the round seven team list analysis. Thank you, Barry. Big bad Baz. I'm never alone when you are here, buddy. Starting off with the Finns and Bunnies going to this game. Should be an absolute cracker. Uh, Finns just continue to find ways to to win. It's that mentality. It's the attitude. It's the Wayne Bennett factor. And they're coming up against his old club. It should be another great one here. Bunnies, uh, not sure how to read uh, much into them. They tailed up the doggies, but I'm just not sure whether that's the form line to consider going forward. For the Finns, a couple of changes for them. Rob Jennings gets Edric Lee's spot. They've had a little bit of a uh, roulette wheel going there. It was 
Tessie New moving out uh, with injury, and he's been replaced by last week it was Jack Bostock. This week, uh, or sorry, two weeks ago it was Bostock. Last week was Edric Lee. This week it's Rob Jennings. Who knows? But it's Tessie New back in the saddle next week. So they're just trialing these guys out for a week at a time, it seems. So there you go. It wouldn't be uh, yeah, going anywhere near any of those uh, Dolphs backline members that aren't Hammer or Asako. Jesse Bromwich was out with illness last week. He returns. Uh, elsewhere, you've got Kenny Brom. Brother, he's back from suspension, that four-week controversial one, but he's back, and Connolly Lemuelo retains his second row starting spot, pushes the big Herman uh, off to the bench. Uh, yeah, not a lot doing really there for Supercoach. I guess the big one is there. Connolly Lemuelo retains that spot. I think a few people were a little concerned what would happen when Cabron came back, but he's just playing too damn good. Did get a 40 or so last week, Connolly, but uh, he will bounce back. Uh, for the Bunnies, not a hell of a lot doing either, apart from a couple of big names. Alex Johnson back from HIA, I think it was, last week. So he comes back straight into the left edge spot, pushing Tane Milne out. Good news for Isaac Thompson owners, although still surprised. Every week I look at him and he's made like 10, 15, 20 grand. Done absolutely nothing since the start of the season, but keeps getting a spot. So he is due, break even 13. Uh, who else? Got Jai Arrow. This one was one that we were talking about for a long, long time. So you've got uh, the likes of Kaloa Matangi and Jacob Host still holding down firm at the second row spots. Host is probably the interesting one there. Relatively cheap, 330-odd K. We'll talk a little bit about him later. But I thought he might move out for Arrow on return, but it seems to be that they're just going to ease Arrow back in through the middle, give him some spells on the bench as he's coming back from a, a pretty nasty, I think it was a hammy injury. So he starts a prop. Not sure how long that'll run for. Maybe a week, maybe two. He's there for Totola, who's still out with a knee concern. So Totola's due back in a week or two. So not sure whether that will be the same bunny side we see next week. But for now, good news for Jacob Host owners. Uh, yeah, it should be a, uh, a bit of an interesting game. I think there's big wraps on Cody Walker, as as you would expect. Uh, who else you got? Latrell at the back absolutely carved the dogs up last week. Hammer, Saka, all these guys flying. So they're coming to a head Suncorp Stadium. We know the Finns love it there. So really looking forward to that one. Well, who indeed? It's the Sharkies and the Roosters. Classic six o'clock uh, points bet stadium. Home game for the Sharkies after having the bye last week. So the big talk is obviously Nico Hines. We'll speak about him. But uh, for the Sharkies, Wade Graham returns from a pretty lengthy suspension. He comes into the bench, thankfully, and we did expect it, that uh, Teague Wilton retains his starting second row spot. I know Alex, a uh, regular podcaster here, doesn't like the addition of Wade Graham to the bench just for what it does to Wilton, but so far so good. 80 minutes with and without Wade Graham, so not uh, too concerned as an owner there. Oregon Kafusi and Tom Hazelton come into the bench as a starting or bench props, so not much to do there. For the Roosters, a big one for them, James Tedesco coming back from that uh, injury last week. So they had the uh, yeah, unfortunate had to shuffle around Joey Manu, horrible, uh, putting the international fullback at fullback. But there you go. Joey Manu and Joseph Suwali retain their usual center spots there. Nothing else outside of Matty Lodge making an appearance on the bench. So he's obviously one guy that will eat into the minutes of the likes of JWH, Lindsay Collins, who were there in front of him. So good for any prospective Lodge owners and the Roosters generally that he's back. Drew Hutchison goes back to the 14 jersey and pushes Corey Allen out of the side. Nice to see Corey. You were there very briefly. But uh, yeah, not sure. The the game here is an interesting one. It's a six o'clock. We know they get kind of wet and wild out in 
in uh, Sydney for these ones. So really not sure. It's a possible danger game for the likes of the Nico Hines captainers. I think you might come back to the pack a little bit here, and I say that as an owner. Had a couple of daytime games at home. We know he loves them. And, yeah, started with an absolute bang, put his feet up last week, but comes against a pretty resurgent Chook side. So really not sure uh, what to make of it there. As a non-Tedesco owner, I think this will be an interesting watch. I think a lot of people have turfed him over the last month or so. But we just know he's got quality. We say it every year. He goes to these sort of patches. Is this the kind of game, tough opposition, that he comes to the fore? We'll wait and see. Alrighty, Manly and Melbourne, always a pretty fiery one here at Four Pines Park. So Turbo's home, they def- desperately need a bounce back after a disappointing couple of weeks. Uh, almost lost to the Knights, drew that game, and they got absolutely tailed up last week against Penrith, who are absolutely firing at the moment. But for them, at least, they retain Tommy Turbo at the back. We thought there was some concern with his back spasms from last week. Definitely ate into his super coach scoring, but hopefully needling up and all that sort of stuff keeps him... Uh, firing and ready to go. Ruben Garrick is a big out for them. He's out with concussion, replaced by Tom Tui Maolo Vega. Apologies for that one. I will get it right next week. But yeah, they are sort of shuffling around the, the back line a little bit there, but just a temporary one. So again, please don't look at uh, Vanga as an option there. Garrick should be back next week. And also an interesting watch because he had that, I think, eight or nine from last week. So his price should absolutely plummet over the next couple of weeks. But Manly do have a good run, so I'm not sure how deep that will go. Sean Kepi, as an owner, probably nicer to see him in the 18 jersey. He's not going to be on the bench scoring 30 or thereabouts. He is maintaining his price, but uh, for now, it just means he's not at uh, urgent trade-out kind of status. So nice for him. Aaron Woods, Big Sharon, gets his first run for the year in Manly Colours in Jersey 16. And Toa Sipley, who's been hovering around that extended bench for a little while, finally gets a uh, run in the 17 jersey there. So a little bit of shuffling around. Josh Schuster, still not named. Well, he's on the extendeds, but he's uh, yet to play his third game. It's been a very long hold, if you like me, and I've owned him from the start. Just not getting out on the park when he does. He looks okay, but so far, uh, yeah, not uh, getting that time we would have hoped. For Melbourne, Cam Munster, big shuffle around here. Nick Meany out with concussion protocols. Uh, yeah, a little, I guess, time lapse in between the game and suffering some uh, issues after that one. So Cam Munster, slot him in at fullback where he has played and we know what he can do at the back there, so really no issues. Jonah Peze, the Peze Parte, as Stasi called it last week. He comes in in jersey number six, partnering Jerome Hughes for the first time this year. So good news for Peze owners, anyone that's still hung on to him. But I think he's in that halfback spot. It's one of those uh, we're going to get into the big trading target of the week later on, and it's a uh, pretty decent one. Negative three-odd break-even for Peze. So if you can have the luxury of holding him and still got Hines in your side, then absolutely go for it. Otherwise, nothing else really doing there for Melbourne. Pretty stock standard. Jack Howarth, actually, speaking of Wenon, did ask me how he was going today. Still sitting in jersey 22. Hasn't got a run so far this year. Very much a New South Wales Cup stalwart. But uh, yeah, one to keep an eye on on the extended reserves there. I think for for Melbourne, we know what Cam Munster can do at fullback. He uh, kicked goals last week uh, in... Well, sorry, he will kick goals this week in Meany's absence. And we know he's a reasonable kicker of it when they're right in front. But yet another string to his bow, 69 break-even. Well, uh, all good stuff. And against Manly, a side he hates. So really interested to see this one. Good Friday night game.
Warriors and the Cowboys. It's three o'clock on Saturday. Thankfully, I'll try to distract myself from this one. It could be another big one, but uh, for them, the couple of outs. So Wade Egan is back uh, in concussion protocols, unfortunately knocked into next week, last round. So Freddie Lussick replaces him on the bench. And Tohu Harris, he comes in to the side. He missed, well, he's missed the last couple of weeks, frustratingly for owners. A couple of late games to it. Might have stung you a little bit last week if you didn't have coverage, but he's back, hopefully good to go. It is a home game for them, so no travel or anything required. Gets a uh, decent clip of days to get recovered. So hopefully any Tohu owners can rest easy because he should be back this week. Joshy Curran reverts to the bench as with uh, Jazz Tavanga. So not uh, not a lot of changes there. Unfortunately, that, um, well, sorry, I did forget to mention, Tamari Martin is out with a pretty nasty low leg fracture. So Dylan Walker surprisingly gets the nod over him. Walker 536K, center wing, a second rower. Decent break even. I thought he's been really good in the forwards so far this season. So having to dip into the well a little bit historically to get him into that 5-8 mold. So Ronald Volkman filled in last uh, couple of rounds ago when Namari Martin was out, but not to be this week. It's going to be D-Walks. So interested to see how that goes. SJ, it should be all through SJ. And we've seen over the last uh, couple of weeks, it's been a big SJ renaissance. So that should continue against my boys, the Cowboys, who've got another couple of forced changes. Uh, just when you think it's all done and we're getting players back, Taolungi and Nanai, Nanai return, but out goes Griffin Neen. Two months with a throat injury. Fine. Just, <clears throat> yeah, not a lot of yee-hawing in this household, to say the least, but Griffin Neen is out. A couple of ins there, I guess. Jack Kaszewski, the name I still see on the extended list every week, but not getting a run. Don't know why we brought him up here. He's coverage, but he's uh, yeah being turfed out for the likes of Cohen Hess and Griffin Neen. But there you go. Tommy Chester retains his bench role where he played, I think, seven minutes last week. If you still hold on to him, I think his break even's just about to uh, to peak so or trough. So there you go. Make sure you're moving that kind of guy on if you've got him at your fullback still. Not a lot else uh, to love there. Val Holmes, Lakey pointed it out in his uh, brilliant teams analysis. Also, shout out Lakey back on deck for the first time. In season 2023, great to have the great man himself in and around the SC Talk team. Uh, he's pointed out Val Holmes hasn't yet gone under 60, or sorry, he's gone under 60 once in his entire season. And you think about how bad the Mighty Cows have been. Uh, the minute we turn it around, he should be basically doubling that score given how shit we've been. So there you go, Val Holmes, managing to do it for owners, of which I am not one, but there you go. I did catch up with, speaking of the great man Lakey, on Monday night and talked about his nights. He's very up, up and about. It hasn't been for a few years, but all signs pointing upwards. Unfortunately, Kalen Pong is due back in a week, so that's going to derail things entirely because the likes of Lockie Miller, absolutely flying in his absence, relatively settled side, uh, excluding a couple of injuries. Tyson Gamble is in uh, to the halves. They've had to do a little bit of shuffling around here, but uh, Gamble's in. Unfortunate news today coming out that Jaden Braley is out for the season. Poor bloke cannot catch a break. Another ACL, so he is gone. Replaced by Phoenix Crossland, who's going to fill in at starting hooker, and Kurt Mann in Jersey 14 will rotate with him and through the middle. I did think that was probably good news for Jack Johns, although he's in Jersey uh, 16, and it's Matt Croker who gets the starting lock role. I thought like he did a couple of weeks ago, Johns might get that lock spot. He was bumped out to the bench last week. 
huge negative break even, but it might just be one and done in terms of price rises for John. So unfortunate kind of super coach news there, but maybe he gets a shuffle into the starting spot on game day. We know uh, O'Brien likes to make those sort of changes, so we'll just see where that lands. But yeah, unfortunate stuff for the Knights. Just since they take a couple of steps forward, it's one back for them, but they're looking pretty handy. Unfortunately, comes up against a pretty rampant Panthers side. They've had their lull, their back in a big way. For them, luckily for Supercoach, Zach Hosking retains his starting second row spot, although Liam Martin and Luke Garner, Jersey 20 and 21 respectively, they are lurking and we think Martin might be okay for this game. They have been slated as being uh, possibly ready to go the last week or so, so this week they are named. Really interested to see what happens there. We know that Hosking is taking Martin's uh, right edge role. So whether they sh- they swap him around or do something just because he's playing so well remains to be seen. I guess it puts a bit of doubt into some owners' minds. This game's midway through the week as well. So if you don't own him, it might hold you a little bit uh, off him, particularly given he's got a 33 break even old Hosking. So has he done his dash? Not too sure, but it surely would be the likes of Scotty Sorensen to make way just based on form. But uh, yeah, wait and see with bated breath for that one. And of course, Nico Hines, he's got a uh, negative break even this week. We said it, I don't know how many times we need to say, it. you don't trade this guy out. Every time we do, it makes us, uh, yeah, got egg on our face to clean up the next week. But negative nine break even, game against the Knights here who are a little bit injury ravaged. Could be another huge one for him. So he's outscored Hines by 22 uh the week those trades were all happening when nico was playing a couple of weeks ago and then 158 points last week it's just huge stuff and if you traded him out you're basically getting him getting him in at a premium this week so it's a pretty urgent one if you don't own Hines and and cleary could be uh danger danger territory and uh yeah it's a i'm not sure what to make of this one i think panthers might find it a little bit tougher than manly they didn't put up much fight last round and it's a home game for the Knights we know they lift there really not sure what to make of this one so it's going to be an absolute cracker 5 30 Saturday another good game to close us out on Saturday Titans and Broncos Titans had the win last week Broncos finally had a loss didn't expect it but there you go uh, good to see Jaden Campbell at the back did pretty good stuff for them against the Dragons he retains that spot AJ Brimson obviously a little bit of time away and no real other changes. You've got Kieran Foran in at 5'8". Toby Sexton, the match winner from last week, uh, misses the game with a fractured hand or wrist, I think it was. So expected the shuffle around, but Sexton's gone completely. Uh, Isaac Fasua Malawi, he gets another Jersey 17 role. So he'll make a very slow amount of cash over the next couple of weeks. He was on the bubble last week, so really not one to, uh, to look too much into. I did kind of like Cruz Leeming that UK recruit. He's in Jersey 14. Didn't score well for Supercoach, but played a bit through the middle, some at hooker. Got Aaron Clark there on the bench at hooker as well. So they're relatively well serviced with utilities. I guess the big one for them, Dave Fafida. He's about 700k. Looks about ready to burst. Hasn't had that huge game yet, but looking likelier and likelier every week. And maybe it's against the old old firm, the Broncos. And for them, they've had one change finally been basically healthy right the way through apart from poor old Corey Oates's jaw but one forced change for them uh sees Tommy Flegler out uh, unfortunately knocked out by a stray elbow last week Corey Jensen starts in his place so anyway, not a lot going for them they get a relatively settled side and they don't have to leave Queensland they've had an absolutely blessed run 
waiting for all the uh, pundits to come out and talk about how how easy their draw has been like they did last year for the cows. It's strangely silent, but we'll see how far that goes. Raiders and the Dragons, always a good one here, always some drama with this kind of thing. It's at Canberra, whether it's the Dragons choking or the Raiders choking, someone is going to choke Sunday 2pm in Canberra here. Nick Kotrick returns to the wing. There's, yeah, Tarpanay's back. It was a really tough, really annoying one. He's, he's, uh, congratulations to him and all of that, but surely his wife's got to consider Supercoach before, you know, childbirth and all that kind of thing. Couldn't she have just held off until that? Sunday morning or something like that. But nonetheless, congratulations to the Tarpanay family. But he is back in Jersey 10, as we expected. Uh, nothing else uh, hugely relevant for them. Pasami Solo moves to the bench. Jack Whiten comes back into 5 8, uh, pushing poor old Bradley Schneider uh, into Jersey 22. So Whiten's been out a couple of games. They had the best week without him last round. So there you go. Go figure. And Jordan Rathbone for them, obviously out for a little bit. You'd suspect concussion protocols given he lost about seven pints of blood with that dangerous knee from uh, Tapau last week. But yeah, he's replaced by the returning Nick Kotrick, as we mentioned. For the Dragons, they're surprisingly, I thought they were okay last week. They could have won that game, probably should have if Benny Hunt uh, hadn't got the case of the fumbles. But uh, Tautel Monga pushes uh, uh, Ravalawa out of the side. It might be an injury one there, not too sure. But Monga gets his first run for the year. Zane Musgrove into jersey number eight as well. So Frank Molo, sorry, out with uh, the next for the next three weeks with suspension. So, uh, yeah, a little chance for Zane Musgrove in probably his 17th team to get a good run there. Jack Bird retains the lock jersey. I thought initially that maybe Jack DeBellin might force him out, but he's been playing great footy at lock. We know we've talked about it all year, but he scores really well at lock for some reason, in you know, no matter what ma- amount of minutes that he plays. thought he was really dangerous last week, throwing offloads, busting tackles, was against the Titans, but Raiders probably defend pretty similarly. So Jack Bird, a smoky one to look at for draft, or uh, if you've got room in your centre wing and want to downgrade to someone who's pretty reliable, he's probably fit in the bill at the moment. Toby Couchman, I think, gets his third game this week in Jersey 16. Again, we'll talk about it later, but they're really not a lot of cheapies to love. No other real changes for them. Last game of the round, and Parra barely hung on last week. Tragic loss for the, the poor old Tigers who just go from uh, yeah week to, to week. The poor old Tigers fans cannot catch a break. Uh, won't pile too much onto them. I think, actually, they've got a regular segment now with uh, Benny Elias on NRL 360. Just when you didn't need to hear more about your poor, long-suffering Tigers mob, uh, yeah, you got big bad Benny Elias with a uh, axe to grind. There you go. Love it. Uh, for... Para Junior Polo returns from suspension, pushing Wiramu Greg to the bench. Not sure what this does for Ryan Madison, who's still at lock. We saw him play around 70 minutes last week. Same for Hopgood, who played around 50, didn't score tremendously, but did enough to hold his value. I think with Polo returning, uh, definitely forces their hand in terms of rotations. I think you're going to see those minutes drop for both of those players, Maddo and Hopgood. So not sure, uh, kind of wait and see, but I think Hopgood might have done his dash. And uh, yeah, you got Matt Dury still on the extended reserve, so can't uh, catch a trick. Sean Russell and Hayes Dunster, four and five, respectively. They both get their second game. You got Bailey Simonson returning next week from suspension. 
Not too sure what's happening with Wonga Blake, but uh, he also would be fighting for those spots. So they're reasonably well-priced. If they have a big game this week, it'll be all eyes on Teamless Tuesday next round. But I think for now, it's a uh, yeah, definite wait and see. For the Doggies, tough one. It's been kind of building. They've struggled with injuries, and it finally came to a head last round against the Bunnies. A horrible game for them. Just couldn't get a single thing going. Rough sin bins on my boy Jacob Preston. That wasn't ideal. Definitely ate into his score. But thankfully for them, Cavalry returning. Tevita Pangai Jr., first game of the year. He's at prop. Viliami Kikau is back from uh, injury in jersey 11. And Fatala Mariner comes in at jersey 13. So we saw a stack of cheapy options come into these uh, forwards, particularly the prop jerseys, and yeah, get one or two games and they're out. So... Yeah, not uh, not a lot to love in terms of Supercoach. It's nice to see for the Doggies that they've got some cavalry returning. Uh, Adokar, lengthy stint on the sideline ahead for him. Ankle and knee injuries all in the one go. Braden Burns, uh, speaking of injuries, the poor bloke needs a bit of a run here. He's back on the wing. He's 521k player, center wing only, break even 54. Just needs a bit of luck. It's had a pretty horrible run of injuries himself. So hoping it all turns around for Braden. And uh, speaking of a couple of guys on the bubble, potentially trade-outs, Jacob Preston, we spoke about him, uh, had a sin bin last week, I think was firming for another 50 or 60-odd before that. So hold fire with a break even of three. But Paul Alamotti, uh, huge trade-out candidate this week, 366K, center wing, break even 64. Started to leak cash and not sure whether I see him scoring too well against the Eels. I think in all likelihood, you know, we'll get a 30 or 40 won't drop a huge amount of cash. Could always find the line. You just never know. But I think, geez, now seems to be the week for trades. We'll take a quick break and come back into that trade talk, looking at the buyers, looking at some cheapy nightmares, some dreadful options here. We'll go through them. Some other guys to consider, some guns on the periphery and buy the dip. I've got a, a couple of names that aren't probably the most popular given their price tags or break-evens, but a couple to consider this week and later, and then talk about some of the captains and vice-captains. Come back with you in a sec. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Okay. 
Alrighty, don't need to spend too much time on these guys. We all know how good they are, but they are top of the list in their respective positions. Cam Munster, Nico Hines, Payne Haas. Absolutely, there you go. Triple M rocking the footy. But you got guys there that are a class above in terms of the, the pack this season. Uh, although Nico Hines might be uh, having that put, uh, put to the test by a resurgent Nathan Cleary. But I think we all know how good they are. Nico Hines, break-even of zero. Cam Munster, break-even of 69. He is at fullback this week and flying. In terms of five-eighths, there are so few options in that position. We've spoke about it all season. I went Dylan Brown over him three weeks ago, despite saying on this podcast that I would go him. There you go. Don't ever listen uh, or don't ever follow what I actually do. Just listen to what I say. And Payne Haas, we all thought at the start of the season it would all this off-field stuff would get in the way, but he's just gone strength to strength. Doesn't matter how many minutes he's playing. He's got attacking stats. He's got base. He's got everything. And uh, yeah, a good game against the Titans for him coming up. I think if these three guys aren't on your trading radar this week, it means you've already got them, so don't worry about it. But if you don't and you're like me, you need to pick at least one on both, uh, one or more of these guys. Use the boost, I think, is the uh, the solution if you desperately need these kind of people in. But Munster, Hines, Haas, class above the rest in their position. Won't go too much into detail, but I think the main, the main sticking point of this round is that these guys are so expensive they're so good and you know with goes without saying that they're also come at a price but there are so few cheapies this week it's not funny and we've gone through and i've i've, I've torn the side apart normally you get these mid-rangers like alamotti hopgood all these sort of guys and you go all right i'll just trade trade them down to the cheapy bubble of the week someone with a huge break even that's found a place in the side someone's got a long run ahead some fallen gun something that just screams out Please pick me. I'm an easy choice. This week, it is an absolute uh, dog's breakfast of cheapy options. There are really so few and so few genuine plays that it's going to make it a really tough decision of how you get these kind of players in. We've just said how de- how uh, premium these players are, how people should be uh, falling over each other to try and bring them into their sides. But it's going to make a. It's possibly going to break your side more than improve it in some capacity, unless you can find uh, someone decent to go. I've put a few names on the list here: serviceable cheapies and then terrible ones. Uh, the terrible one can go forever, but I'll speak about some of the ones that have immediately come to mind here. The serviceable ones, they're unfortunately quite short, but there are really no out and out absolute guns. Like it's it's one of those real tough weeks. <laughs> I did see that. Thank you very much, uh, Charles. Appreciate the uh, input. But yeah, we'll go through some cheapy options, some guns, as I said, to consider. And then by the dip, a couple of names I'm looking at here, have uh, players that I could potentially go to if I had a luxury trade up my sleeve, which I don't. In terms of trade outs, uh, let's start with them, potentially. I've, I've grouped a couple here as well. Urgent ones, probably urgent, I've called them, and then not urgent ones. So we're talking about players that we could potentially move on to afford these premium guns. The urgent ones or the ones that I wouldn't begrudge anyone from trading out, uh, Hopgood, easily, uh, unfortunately, gone, uh, probably peaked. That 14 jersey just looks terrible for Supercoach. 50 minutes last week, but Bolo coming back this week means those minutes should dip even more. Great point per minute game. Don't get me wrong there. He's a uh, looks like an absolute stud. And if he could find his way into a starting jersey every single week, we would keep him for round 27 and beyond. But Hopgood 
78 or 80 odd break even this week reasonable price tag at 550k it is a lot of money to have parked on your it's, it's very tough to play this guy so we will say non-playing reserves so i think hopgood this week has to make way if you haven't already uh, adam dewey goes without saying the poor bugger can't catch a break acl and yeah, not sure career threatening i did read today which is awful news but adam dewey easy decision there to make for owners wade egan He's out with concussion protocols. He's yeah, can't get a run. He's unfortunate in that he's probably having a career year in terms of super coach and just general attacking prowess with the NRL, but he can't stay on the park. He's done his dash. I think he's at a reasonably high break even. I think it's around 80 or 90, possibly 99 this week. So if you wanted a 20% that owns him, I think it's a very easy trade decision given he's not on the park this week and it's a pretty crunch one. Paul Alamotti, 60-odd break even, we spoke about it. Could find a line, you just never know with center wings. It's one of those up-in-the-air kind of decisions. But one of those guys, I think, shedding cash already in a dog side that got tailed up and is not, maybe not going backwards, but struggling a little bit in that back line. They barely put points on the cows of all teams. Jesus. Uh, one other name, Teague Wilton. This one was one of those guys you just kind of reach for. He doesn't scream, must trade out. But I think there's signs there that Nico Hines being back is forcing the hand a little bit, going to Nico's side a hell of a lot more than it is Wilton's, despite being on what's normally the more favoured left edge. So I think Wilton maybe not done his dash. I think there's still a little bit to love uh, going down the track. But Wade Graham being back might cause a bit of concern there. You've got Cam McInnes in that starting side. It just doesn't seem to be going his way outside of kicks and the like. So nothing uh, huge in his last few weeks. Wouldn't begrudge you from trading Wilton out. Don't think an urgent trader by any means. I'm not saying that. But if you need the cash, Wilton is probably a, a good candidate to downgrade. And then I've, I've grouped some guys here in not urgent trades. So I think you're kind of breaking your side a little bit if you do it here. Uh, one name, Utoi Kamanu. I think I've called him not an urgent trade, but that's if you genuinely have uh, other people that you could move ahead of him. He isn't playing this week, so he isn't going to lose any cash. If you can hold fire and don't have to urgently trade or trade for the sake of it, a guy that you can hang on to, to until next week and then work out a better course of action, because as we've said, it's a tough one this week. Uh, Sean Kepi in that boat as well. Both not playing, both won't lose value. Moale, Darby Moale, I've had him since round one. He's been a, uh, I don't think even a slow burn. I think he's cooled off, but 22 break even. He's not going anywhere. He'll continue to plot off the bench. You just never know. He might score a try. Uh, he's probably playing about 101 to one, but might score a try. You just never know. A guy that you're not going to make any value out of moving on at this stage. Uh, Will Warbrick and Cam Pereira spoke about him. Terrible games last week. It's uh, one of those things I just can't pick them. It's the week you play them in your side that they go terribly. Week you leave them on the pine, they'll go ballistic, and that might just be the case this round. But they've got a low break even of their own. So again, you're kind of losing a bit of value by uh, cashing out pretty early. So try and avoid these if you can. And then Tommy Turbo. So I've seen a lot of people moving this guy on. He's a fullback only, so... Having a look at around at the fullback options, it must be Latrell that people are catching the eye of because there's not a lot of mid-range or cheapy value coming out there. But Turbo, he's one of those guys. Again, we speak about Cleary. He had a bad week last week with that back. Uh, whether it's a needling kind of situation, pain management, he will fight through. He's got a very good run coming up. We've said all year, what a gun. You're getting him at a cut price. We know what he can do. Uh, tough week last week. Put it to the back of the mind and ignore 
All right, cheapy territory. This is a this was a tough read. I was having a look through break evens, through uh, prospective guys that have found spots at uh, in their sides and, and might hold on to them for the foreseeable. There is not a lot here, and this is a week where cash, particularly for the likes of Nico Hines, is hugely, hugely important. As we've uh, reiterated a thousand times already tonight. Cheapy's terrible this week. Let's just start with them. Jack Johns, unfortunately, made a move on him at, uh, well, that sounds a bit more <clears throat> dangerous than I thought, but moved on him at the start of today, thinking that he would go to the lock spot. Got a negative three break even. Unfortunately, on the bench, as he was last week, and uh, Matty Croker's been promoted ahead of him to lock. Thought there was an option there for a, a bit of minutes in the lock jersey, but I think it's probably a one week and a done kind of thing for poor old Jack Johns, had a good week with a 70-odd. Uh, I think he scored that week a couple of rounds ago. Unfortunately, just going to see one or two price rises and probably revert to a 30 or 40 averaging kind of player. So Johns, I thought there was a bit of life in him at 290K. Not the worst option, but I just don't think you, you need to bother with wasting a trade on the likes of him this week. Lindsay Smith, I uh, thought as well he had a role with JFH out for around three odd weeks, but he was bumped to the bench last week with Eisenhuth still there, scored terribly at a reasonably cheap price in your front row, but you're not going to get anything out of him. Might as well go Mawale, it's going to be the same result. And Rob Jennings, we spoke about the Finns having a bit of a roulette wheel going with their backline spots. He's won the spot this week over Edric, Lee, and Jack Bostock, but you got Tezzy New returning next week. So briefly piqued the interest because I remember uh, Rob Jennings, was it three, four, five, maybe years ago, Somehow the some re, ridiculously high price for a center wing. I think he had a really good run at the bunnies on the left edge there, as they tend to do. And yeah, 260-odd K with a little bit of pedigree, but in a Dolph side that he can't seem to crack. So ignore. All right, so those are the uh, terrible options. There's probably more. Anyone that's basically not starting or has got someone returning ahead of them in the spot next week, just cast your eye. Have a look over Lakey's team's analysis. He's got a little bit... Uh, a lot of good stuff, I should say, in there about these kind of guys. But John's avoid, Lindsay Smith avoid, Rob Jennings avoid. Serviceable options, not a hell of a lot doing either here. We've, uh, I said, there's no out and out ones, and we're going to go through some pretty dicey. If you don't need to trade, don't bring these guys in. Jared Croker, top of the list here, serviceable in that he is kicking goals. He uh, a lot of wraps on him coming out of that win last week. Raiders maybe finally turning it around. Coach loves him. The players love him. So he should be there for the time being. Although you've got Savage returning next week or, or thereabouts. So what? not sure what they do with them. But I think they've seen they finally need a bit of structure and a bit of veteran instinct in that back line. So you'd imagine Jared J. Croker retains his spot as he gears up to 300 games. One of those things. So if he's, uh, I think he's got nine, 10 to go. Would love to see him reach it. So Croker at 280K. Got a break even around 22. He's not going to really go anywhere. Last three seasons has averaged uh, between 35 and 40, played very few games. So we all know injury risk, all of that kind of stuff. The only thing that keeps me putting him in the serviceable range, Sean Johnson. Imagine that. We all thought 2023, SJ at the Warriors, it's going to be a tough old year and look what's happened there. So Croker, similar injury history kind of thing. You just don't know. It's a strange old year. Jacob Host next on the list, 337K. Jai Arrow moved back to the prop role, as we said at the start of the pod, in a team's list. 
He is going to get eased in, you'd suspect, over the next week or two. You got Tavita Totola out another uh, similar week or two as well. So for now, that second row spot is Jacob Hosts. He's been doing okay there. Some decent price rises coming his way. Currently playing big minutes, but again, not a long-term option. One of those guys that if you can afford to make the trades, burn them and all that, he's a decent price at someone you could probably play at a pinch as well, which given all the outs and carnage that we've got going on is nothing to be sneezed at. But Jacob Host, 337k. Should be bumped out to the bench eventually, so yeah, take it while you can. If you've desperately got to move someone on, he's not a terrible option. Sonny Luke, uh, this guy's probably, uh, in, in terms of cheapies here, probably the best one. Bounced back from his HIA. He's played a big share of minutes last week with 53. Break even at 17, 271k. Not going anywhere with that price tag, you'd imagine, barring any attacking stats, but I think... Uh, in terms of hooking options, if you can find a way to squeeze this guy into that spot, not sure who you've got in there, whether it's you know the likes of Harry Grant. Um, I've got Reese Robson in there. Was looking at potentially moving him on. I mean, those guys are, are reasonably high on the list of hookers there. But if you've got a mid-ranger or someone that's just not really pushing on for you, Sonny Luke, easy downgrade before he goes. What we think will be uh, not ballistic, but relatively reasonably high in terms of value. Looks an absolute gun in the making. And one other that I've got on the list here. So we've got what a center wing, a second rower, and a hooker. I've got Phoenix Crossland. Yeah, yeah, this is a late addition here, but I've just had a look at him. Phoenix Crossland winning the starting hooking spot ahead of unfortunate news for Jaden Braley, as we mentioned, but out for the season. Was given the first crack there. You've got Kurt Mann as backup, so probably won't play 80. Really not sure what the rotation is here, but probably a relatively risk-free play and one you can flip around as needed in that halfback 5-8 spot. Scored 49 in 73 minutes earlier this year playing hooker, so gets through his work, nothing exciting. Does have the playmaking ability though, so at least you've got that. Not sure a utility spot as well if they need to squeeze him into the, the you know, lock roll or something like that throughout the year might be a shot but 274k jeez this is a pretty dire kind of week but he might be a go if you need to move someone on you got the likes of katoa there who's scoring getting trices but just not kicking on so crossland with the base stat game playing at hooker with the tackles and everything like that probably a little bit safer and uh you know who knows might get a dart out of dummy half kind of try maybe not against the panthers but going forward uh, with all that injury news, you just suspect he might be in for a decent couple of games as a starting hooker. All right, so those are the cheapies. It's a really tough week. If you do have to move on players in that mid-range kind of range to uh, afford the likes of Hines, Haas, Munster, those are the kind of options that you got. Really not a lot. Nothing much in front row, which is normally where you find a lot of them. Center wing is dire. It's a, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, not a good week. Alrighty, guns to consider outside of Hunter Haas, Munster Hines. I've got Ryan Madison down here. I thought in pretty impressive fashion over the last few weeks, coming back from uh, that layoff. The uh, I would I would say injury affected, but that's more a brain injury affected kind of layoff. But missing all those weeks through taking the fine, he started with a bang as he should. He does owe them a little bit. Played uh, seventy two minutes through or seventy three through the middle last week for an eighty odd. Averaging 72 since he's come back. He's been a really good addition to that Eels pack. Playing big minutes, can fill in on the edge as well. 
The only concern, I guess, for me is what his role looks like with Paolo coming back. So the last couple of weeks have been without him. You got Hopgood on the bench, who's playing well enough to command reasonable minutes as well. Maddo's a guy that I don't think absolutely anyone needs to urgently trade in this week. But second row, there's some plotty kind of options so far this season. I think I've got Ellie Katoa, I've got T. Wilton, um, Preston, these kind of guys. They're middling players, but no one that's screaming out and out uh, must pick. Same as Cam Murray. Uh, kind of put him and Maddo in the same category. Murray is the guy that I'm sure a lot of people did. I did last couple of weeks ago. Moved him on. We've all seen what he's done over the last couple of weeks. Again, I'm not reading too much into it. I think he's bounced back a little bit, courtesy of some of those offloads and things uh, coming good. But we've seen the he was a bit too gerbo-like at the start of the season. A lot of passing the ball on, not a lot of runs, and body might be a little bit aching. He's carried that bunny side for a little while now. So I suspect the little uh, green shoots he's been showing Cam Murray, that is, might fade away a little bit, but I'm just hoping as a uh, jaded non-owner. Cody Walker, speaking of his team, the Bunnies, has a very good run coming up. Corker is in lightning form at the moment, and we know he's a peaks and troughs kind of guy, but he has the Dolphins, Panthers, Broncos, and Melbourne ahead. Couple of tough games, but we know he does like a challenge, and yeah, whether the Bunnies can keep it up, they've got some cavalry returning. So you get the Fords, the likes of Jai Arrow coming back, so shoring up that uh, attacking unit, that Ford or the Go Ford. So hopefully for Corker owners and perspective, they can capitalize on the back of that. But Corker is one of those buyers, like if you buy him this week, he will score 20. I speak as a very uh, experienced Corker owner, Cody Walker owner, that that just is the way he goes. He'll score 20 and then 30 next week, and then you trade him out and he will score 100. You can absolutely bank on it put money on him to score tries, whatever it is, the week you trade him out. But he's in red-hot form. Most people you buy on the up, which is exactly what he is at the moment, comes at a price. But if you want to play around with that 5-8 spot and you're thinking Thursday night he has a good game against the Dolphins, this could be the one. Pretty low break even. I think it might be negative potentially or, or 5 or 10 or something like that. So got a uh, yeah reasonable chance to make some cash here before he inevitably goes terribly again. Alrighty, I'm going to round this chat out with a buy the dip. So I had a look at some players who are out of form and probably not being well looked at in terms of trade-ins this week, understandably. Decent um, break-evens and pretty poor runs. Three names, though. Dylan Brown, as I said, traded him in a couple of weeks ago over Cam Munster. That has come back to bite me by probably to the tune of about, I'd say, 100 points, but you get that. You get that in Supercoach. Uh, but for D Brown, he's sort of hovering around that 50 to 60 point mark and not doing much in games. It's all been the Mitch Moses, Clint Gutherson show the last few weeks, but we know they take it in turns. So it might be his go in the coming weeks. He's got the Bulldogs the at home, Broncos in Darwin, Newcastle Titans, Raiders, Cows, and he plays the round 13 bye week. Uh, we know he's a Kiwi, so will not play Origin. Huge plus for him. I think in, in terms of the Munster non-ownership, that's the one thing holding me uh, from the flip up to Cam Munster at this stage. Brown's got a lot of growth. I think he's due. We saw, could have had a try assist or two last week against the Tigers. Didn't go his way. But I think he's ho- he's always that hoverer. He floats around the ruck enough to get some quality ball, gets thrown at a lot, runs. We know he's a run-first mentality kind of guy. So against some of those pretty... Uh, 
dodgy defensive lines, particularly that bloody Cowboys side. But I just feel like there's some points to come for him. So if you're not concerned at all about the 90-odd break-even that he's got, and you've got luxury players in every other position, and the likes of Hines, Haas, all that, D Brown could be one if you can gun up in your in your five eight spot. Brown and Munster look to be the way to go. Uh, Harbs looking at them halfbacks DCE. Three out of his next five games are at home, including one against the poor old Tigers. And he's now kicking goals, at least for this week, with Ruben Garrick out. Not sure how long Garrick will be gone for, but gets at least one game. One of those players, again, turbo kills it and gets all the attention a lot of the time. But DCE on his day can go absolutely ridiculously. So a little bit quiet last week, as you'd expect. A player of his caliber and side of Manling's caliber, despite the result, I think is on the bounce back this round. So I suspect a much better game from him. DC, again, not someone you'd be looking at from any metric in terms of form or break even, but just one if you want to throw a dart there and the, the year's not going your way as it is for me and you can afford him. You got Heinz already, one at the DCE and Heinz combination. Uh, that would mean you don't have Nathan Cleary, but he's probably one of those guys that's too uh, out of range for you now. So if you can only afford uh, DCE, you can't afford Heinz or Cleary or whatever. Yeah, maybe not the worst one there. And it could be one of those Ben Hunt situations where he just outscores the damn players. Uh, and the final one, Hudson Young. Uh, had a little bit of a look around for players that uh, haven't really been uh, getting much airtime lately. Hudson Young's probably one of them. Looking at second row, it's a pretty tough position this season. Not a lot of out-and-out guns as we are used to. Pretty profitable super coach position back in the day, but not to be so far this year. Hudson Young has a pretty soft run of games after next week's buy. Should have caveated this is a round nine buy. But Dolphins, Dogs, Paramanly Souths, uh, it's a decent run of games for him. Had a good base-heavy game last week against uh, the Broncos, so scored 60 without having a try or a line break. Normally relies on those attacking stats, but maybe just uh, yeah, looking to pick up the slack in uh, some big-name absences. So hopefully, a sign of things to come. We'll get one week to look at him here before I suspect if he has a good one, his break-even will become much more uh, yeah, desirable. So we'll see how he goes. I'm keeping a close eye on him, but I would love to have a guy like him Sort of rocks and diamonds, but hoping to buy him on the dip, as I've said, next round or the week week after. But yeah, liked what I saw out of him last week. All right, that brings us to the end. It's normally the week where we go through captains and, and vices. I think if you like the crowd, you're going to go someone to the tune of Nico Hines or Nathan Cleary. Can unfortunately only have uh, one of the two. So you can't have vice and, and captain as they're in the same position. But I think after the 158 last round, a lot of people will be back in Nathan Cleary this week against the Knights. A lot of outs for the poor old Knights, but they are at home where they do tend to firm up a little bit. But I think it's probably a safe play to get Cleary in that role. The other one that I'm looking at, and I've VC'd him, is Nickel Klockstad, or Klukstar, however they say it, this uh, 2023. But against CNK, against the Cowboys, we've seen how many points they've given up, what Hammer did to them last week. Tommy Gilbert's tore him up. Clookstar, I think, was a little bit hampered last week. I'm not sure if he copped a knock or something like that, but could have been a hell of a lot more. Had a try taken off him through obstruction. Still scored 92. Huge uh, potential to go large against the Cowboys at home here. Our defensive record is dire, to say the least. So I suspect the attackers will continue to fall off and Clookstar will benefit. But I think he's a definite play for that VC option. Could go very, very large and make it a 
interesting call to make. That's a Saturday game as well. Otherwise, you got uh, Reese Walsh, decent shout there. He was pretty good in a side that was beaten last round. Comes up against the Titans this week. I think they've got a lot of points to give up. The old Titans are still a little bit fragile in and around the ruck and that kind of thing. So Reese Walsh could be a good play. Otherwise, yeah, Payne Haas, that kind of stability if you want uh, in your side, I think, against the Titans. Should uh, steamroll a fair few of them. I think he'll be uh, worth a 85-plus in this week. But I think it, as it rounds out, it's pretty hard to go past the likes of Nathan Cleary. If you do want to kind of go uh, with your gut and you think Nico Hines, he's scored 200s since he's returned. He does have a game against the Chooks, who are a relatively stronger outfit than what he's uh, probably faced the last couple of rounds. Dragons weren't a much chop, and the, the Warriors, of course, had... A fair few injuries, but it was a, a, a sort of wet kind of game. He's still turned up. So I think, uh, yeah, you might find it a little bit tougher at uh, points bet on Friday night, but I'm going Cleary. I'm going CNK as my VC. Not really much love elsewhere for my side. Who knows? Tommy Turbo isn't home. So there you go. Might uh, be a bounce back game from him if you are in the vein of the bounce back theory. But there you go. It's a uh, interesting week. As I've said, it's tough trade week i think there's so many players trying to squeeze into your side at really high prices and so many shit cheapies probably knocking your door down best to uh turn the ear away ignore if you can otherwise there's a couple of handy options but do not expect massively much out of them who knows jared croker could be his less could be his month we've seen it with sj as we said strange old season 2023 there you go it's been jt on a solo pod it's been nice to have you back should hopefully have the normal cavalry returning so you got Another voice to balance it out here next week, but it's been great to have company. We'll, uh, yeah, feed up this week. Another short week at work, so another cracking weekend ahead of Rugby League. Enjoy and all the best with your super coaching. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.